Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here for Hot Mike with Hutton with Rowe. Broadcasting live at 6th and Peabody. Absolutely flies by. (laughs) Fastest three hours. Charlie Arnold in for Chad Withrow. Chad would say the same thing, though. That was fast. (laughs) Flew by. He would also add in that our staff doubts us that we'll finish the show on time and get through it. We will. We will. Yet another day. Well, I have dinner reservations, so we have to finish on time. So uh, your first time, your second time to Nashville. Second time. The first was a birthday celebration here uh, several years ago. It was actually timed up with a WWE show. I also had to work. So that's the beauty of traveling with, you know, mixing business with pleasure. You get the trip paid for by work, but you get to do all of your own stuff as well. A pay-per-view or no? No, it was uh, just a Monday Night Raw. Okay. So, uh, but it was the weekend after my birthday. So I came and a few friends met me down here and we had ourselves a grand old time. Um, Most of it, I don't remember so clearly uh, so it's nice to be back because it's almost like I've, it's the first time I'm here. <laughs> Experiencing it, and I'm sure it's changed a bit already. But, I mean, just walking to the studio today, you ran into... Yeah, so just walking to the studio, which was a 13-minute walk, I saw Eric Church. Love I it. Chief. Saw, I saw the Taylor Swift Education Center, which I didn't know existed. But she's coming into town this weekend, so I'm sure there'll be lots more of, of celebrating yeah. uh, by the Swifties. And that is at the Country Music Hall of Fame. Okay. And then um, what was my last thing? Oh, I saw a tractor full of people just cruising on down the road drinking, which you see all the little pedal taverns. But this was an actual tractor just filled with people, which I just respect. You know, it just seems like a, a normal day here in Nashville. I love it. It's very different than where I'm from. New York City, which, you know, we've seen we've seen much better days in that well, part of the country. No tractors? Uh, no tractors. Fifth Avenue or anything? No, uh, we just have, uh, you know, methadone clinics that are usually stuffed to well, the gills, but no no tractors full of people. On the outskirts, I'm sure you could find that here in Tennessee as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for filling in for, for Chad on his uh, trip to New York. You yeah. guys have swapped, swapped spots. So uh, as far as Nashville is concerned, very walkable. You brought this up. Uh-huh. Uh, Restaurant-wise, I think you'll you'll enjoy. Um, beyond that, you have to, if you have the opportunity, check out like the Ryman. Just poke in and, and check out the Ryman. And the Ryman. Ryman Auditorium. Okay. Everything from, uh, let's see, Charlie Chaplin uh, was there back in the day. It was built in the 1840s, and uh, Johnny Cash stomped out the lights. Okay. There, uh, Lots of history. A lot of history. Okay. Yeah. And it's a very small, it's an old church turned into a music venue. Now, what about food? Is there a certain cuisine I need to well, make so sure that I get on the menu while I'm here? The, the Everyone says it's Nashville hot chicken. I don't know. Uh, to me, that's a manufactured uh, reason to point to a food, kind of like Kansas City has barbecue. I don't buy into the fact that Nashville was known for hot chicken okay. my entire life. It, it's been like... 20 years or so of that being like a PR move. So it's not, it's good. It's not worth the line you're going to see on Broadway. All right. Then I'm not doing it. Barbecue here is great. Uh, It's hard to find a bad filet. 
And I had a fillet last night. Probably I mean, we'll have another tonight. And as far as vegetables, I'm I'm a vegetable guy. As far as vegetables, they we do don't need right. them. They have no, vegetables they do it right. secondary to the meat. They do it right here as well. Okay. So, and in concerts, Taylor Swift's in town. The Swifties. So I've heard. Are are would you go to the show? If someone gifted me tickets, sure. But I would not personally pay hundreds of because we know what the ticket prices are. They're outrageous. It, it, so cheapest right now, as of this morning, a thousand dollars. Upper deck behind the set, behind the stage. Okay, so the answer would be no. Right. Uh, but even if they were even slightly more reasonable, even half of that uh, for those same tickets, I probably wouldn't shell out the money for just because to me, I'm not such a fan. But if they were like any other concert, you know, a couple hundred, I would I would go to see Taylor Swift because I feel like it is going to be an awesome show, especially because it's here in her hometown or her, I guess, what, claimed hometown because she wasn't necessarily... She started here. And yeah. Then and then left. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an awesome event. And I'm sure she'll do something special for the crowd because it is Nashville. Yes. And it's supposed to rain. And we heard earlier, like, there are Taylor Swift and the Swifties who are actually looking forward to being in terrible weather while at the show because this somehow ties into some Alp. I don't know. Well, I, I also, don't get it. it's also, you know, like on for wedding days, even though no one wants it to rain on their wedding day, it's actually considered good luck for it to rain on your wedding day. So maybe it's something it along. Yeah, isn't that weird? Alanis Morissette didn't agree with that. No, Alanis Morissette. She was. She told the truth though. She like how we actually all really feel. But I guess apparently <laughs> there is some type of wife, old wives' tale that uh, it's good luck to rain on your wedding day. Just like it's good luck they say when a bird, you know, does its business on you. Well, that's that is also it's a New also York thing. Supposed to be good luck. Yeah, that won't they- <laughs> happen here. That won't happen here. Um, PK Subban, you know him well, yes, right? And he played here in Nashville for a handful of years. Great dude, does a lot of community work, still has a lot of community work here with the, the local police department and matching them up with kids and having ride-alongs so that the kids get to learn about you know the, the police force and have a different view on it than what maybe the media coverage was at the time. Um, so he's on ESPN, NHL coverage, which has been great. I, he speaks his mind. And he is responding to the Toronto loss to Florida by saying, hey, in game two, they need to come pack a lunch. They need to pack a Lizzo-style lunch. Lizzo-sized. Lizzo-sized lunch. Which, I mean, I mean, the, <laughs> to me, I know exactly what he means yeah. when he says this. It was this. a perfect analogy what to get his point across. What do you think behind the scenes, how was that received behind the scenes there? And you're it, just guessing. I'm sure there were some cringes like, oh, that probably wasn't a good look for us because we know what it means, right? right? He's insinuating that Lizzo is overweight, but she is overweight. And let's also not forget that Lizzo loves how she looks. She she completely embodies, you know, having the curvier figure and, and she flaunts it. I mean, she is not dressing modestly ever. Uh, she loves it. She loves getting the attention. And if she were to eat less... She wouldn't be able to flaunt such a curvy body. So Or get the Minnesota Vikings player that it, she Exactly. Uh so yeah. for me, I think that the comment from <laughs> PK was just in all good fun. He's a very playful guy. I know him well. He is very much like has that comedian personality where yeah. if you're in his orbit, he is going to roast you. If you roast him back, he's totally good with it. I also think that people forget that there was an Instacart commercial featuring Lizzo, what, maybe sometime in the past year. And if you can recall, it was Lizzo sitting in a bathtub 
And she was on the Instacart app and she would choose different foods that she wanted to be delivered to her. The first was, I think, cherries. And mountains of cherries just started pouring down on her. Not a few cherries, not a normal size. Oh, here, here's what you get yeah, from the grocery store. Lizzo mountains. Size. Then she ordered strawberry ice cream. A mountain of ice cream. <laughs> the biggest ice cream scoop you've ever seen in your life thrust into her face. Okay, not a normal ice cream serving. And then the third thing was she a baguette she ordered. And this wasn't just one baguette, which would serve a family even just, you know, in that size. It was a whole basket of baguettes. So I'm like, okay, what was Instacart insinuating? And she obviously signed off on all of this. She's fine with it. She likes the way she looks. It's her brand. So I think PK said absolutely nothing wrong. And if he ever gets any feedback, or I guess um, any um, backlash. backlash from it by ESPN, then that's just another example of, of you know, People not being able to take a joke and the world is getting far too serious for its own good. Well, it's all, it just comes across as she can she can take the joke, but others will take offense because because that's he's, that's he's what they, she's fat, but not even looking at it through the lens of what you just described, which is Lizzo doesn't care. She doesn't care. And PK probably knows her. Yeah, P, PK knows everybody. I know literally everybody. I know. I mean, I just I'm, I'm thinking about all the people he would hang out with here. Uh, whenever he was playing for the Preds before he got traded. Like, uh, he brought the Hollywood aspect to the pregame and postgame aspect of what the NHL was doing. I mean, here's the thing. There are so many different analysts you could bring on to different shows. And ESPN has done a good job recruiting many of the, uh, you know, former players to come on board to their broadcasting teams. Uh, But the whole reason people get intrigued when these analysts come on is because they're bringing more than just a breakdown of the game. They're bringing their personalities. And if you're going to say, PK, you can come and bring your knowledge of the game, but please leave your personality at home, no one's going to watch, especially hockey. I mean, hockey coverage in its essence is so boring. Agreed. Yeah. And they, what, you know what he brings? He brings an inside-the-NBA feel to that coverage. Yes, He's like yes. TNT has the best studio show the going best. with Barkley and Kenny Smith and and Shaq and then Ernie's driving the, driving the the, the car. <laughs> Poor but Ernie, it, but it's perfect <laughs> it, because those guys will say literally anything they want and they're brutally honest about the players on the court, like Shaq was with Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Um, in this case, they need to let Subban be Subban. Yeah, and I think I think they will uh, because I think that. PK, from just what I know about him, I think if they tried to to reel him in or give him, you know, more harsh guidelines, I think he would probably push back. And uh, listen, we all know he, PK doesn't need the money. He's there because he loves the game. Uh, he's trying to make another career out of out of this. But uh, I'm sure there are plenty other places if ESPN doesn't let him be him that will let him be him. So uh, will Clemson be back to being Clemson? RG3 Ooh. thinks so. Speaking of analysts, just speaking their mind. RG3 has his take on who is going to shock the college football world next season. Dabo Sweeney realized that his offense was archaic and that he went outside of his system, went and got a young offensive mind in Garrett Riley from TCU, and now they're going to be able to build a system with the perfect quarterback for that system in Cade Klubnick. I've known Cade Klubnick for a very long time. He attended my quarterback academy that I run at Baylor, and he just has a, a, a thing about him that, draw, that draws people into him, and he gets the best out of them. I'm very excited for them. I think that there's a growth moment for Dabo Sweeney, who's always tends to promote from within. So I think Clemson will actually shock the nation and be in the, the, the run for a national championship. And they were close to doing that this year. They lost late to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's a shock 
that Clemson would be back yeah, not, into not such a hot take. the college football playoff. But there has been, uh, the perception of Clemson has dropped, not significantly, but it's not at the bar it was. For the Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson era, it was Clemson and it was Alabama. And now it's just Alabama and Georgia's ahead of Alabama right now with back-to-back national championships. And Clemson is a rung down below that with Ohio State. Michigan's been to back-to-back college football playoffs, for instance. The, the perception has dropped a bit, but I'm not going to be stunned if Clemson is back in the mix for a national championship. Yeah, I would, I would call that a very safe prediction, right? And Klubnik with a new offensive coordinator, second consecutive year that they're changing up their coordinators, which that also helped Dabo. He didn't change coordinators. They kept everybody together, and now they're, they're mixing things up a bit, and probably in a good way. And... The fact that DJ's not there, I think, helps them, too, because Klubnik is the five-star dude, and it's time for him to take the reins of the program. Yeah. Coming up, uh, we've got Armando Salguero. Real quick, though, um, speaking of, of college football, Mike Loxley's the head coach at Maryland by way of Alabama. He's the former OC uh, for, for Nick Saban at Alabama, and it's something that ties in with our discussion a couple of months ago with, with Shannon Terry, the CEO of On3, and, and all of the NIL, all of the money that's being spent on rosters now to acquire players in recruiting. Um, Mike Loxley, and I like the idea, he wants to see the Big Ten have a salary cap feel for anything going on within the program for what you could spend per player or per program in one fiscal year. And he's proposing a $10 million cap per program. Shannon threw out 25 million because I think that shows the the top of the crop Mm -hmm. that can spend a ton. And then they can't spend more than that if they wanted to. And maybe 10 million is a good number, I don't know. But there are definitely haves and have nots in in college football and college athletics when it comes to NIL and the, the, the different the different ways that you can acquire players now through the transfer portal or through the high school recruiting ranks. And the money's flowing legally now. The NCAA can't step in and do anything. It's not throwing. It's not uh, flowing through the program, but through the collectives on the outside. I agree with Shannon, and I'm sure Loxley is pointing to this too. They need leadership, and they need the SEC and the Big Ten to come together with some type of agreement on how this is going to be regulated if, in fact, they're going to go down this path. Because without the SEC, the Big Ten's not going to do this. Because if the SEC's not willing to cap it, Ohio State and Michigan don't want to cap it either. And the Big Ten shouldn't. But if you want to at least get a hold of what's going on, both commissioners would need to be in lockstep with this. And in the past, it's been Greg Sankey versus Kevin Warren, not Kevin Warren with Greg Sankey. Well, wouldn't you need to put it on every conference in college football then, not even just the biggest ones? Because you, you some people could. then could make the argument, well, listen, for me, it's all about the money. I, I just won't go to these conferences and I'll go to a lesser one and make a ton more cash. You, you could. I, I think it's also tough to find the program outside of those two conferences that could spend on a regular basis up to that threshold. Miami can do it with Ruiz. Um, Florida State, Clemson, but Clemson doesn't buy in the same way with Dabo mm-hmm. there as other programs do with the collectives. So uh, it, it would take 
one or two programs from the other conferences to step up and do more than what the yeah. SEC or Big Ten would do. But I think the cap would be, the salary cap would be set to where they wouldn't be worried about another team or another program being able to do it because USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. Right, yeah. Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. Yeah, it's a monopoly of the They the already have schools. A&M. You know, like uh, all, the, all of the massive endowments and the big sponsors, for the most part, are in those two conferences now or will be within the next two years. It's yeah. kind of crazy to think about. I mean, it's just crazy how much money these kids. I'm, I can, I I can still million, call them kids. They're making. <laughs> I think the ten million, like you know, they're the the offensive linemen at A and M. Correct me if I'm wrong, Davey. They make fifty grand a season through this offensive lineman deal, or is it twenty? Uh, either way, it's quite a bit. But the ten million based on your roster, would allow like your starters and then their backups to get six figures easy. Unbelievable. Just on the cap. I wonder what's going to happen just as a whole, you know, when you look at the lives of these athletes on the field, but also off the field, now that they're going to have access to so much more money so early on, how it's going to affect them. Yeah, um, well, I think it, it affects it some ways where it could, if, you, if you're not a first or second round pick in the NFL, you could hypothetically make the same or make a bit more you're, because you're val you're more valuable as the number one receiver at a certain program yeah. and you have a chance to improve your draft stock. Whereas in the past, if you're not able to get paid, you're going to the draft anyway so that you get, you, you start the career. So you're, you're one year ahead of where you would be to get your second contract where you'd actually get paid and get the guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot, and a lot of people don't want to, you know, the injury risk is another reason right. why you skip out on school early. This might be, hey, it's worth taking the risk because I'm still getting paid. So it's, it's probably going to change the whole landscape of football as we know it. And, and, and Davey, didn't we see Alabama help out with the, the, the insurance policy for Bryce Young? Uh, they did. I mean, we've seen a lot of schools do injury. that over the year. But the the school you were looking for, Hud, it was the University of Texas and every offensive lineman, 50,000. That 50, program, 000. horns with hearts. Horns with hearts. For offensive linemen, fifty grand. Love. If you're there, and regardless, it's just that's per player. I'll put on some pounds, become an offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, and now you're blocking for Arch Manning. So, um, moving forward to the to the SEC, there, there's big money there, and the the schools are making the big percentage of it. I, I will say they've capped it at eight hundred thousand dollars, so that's sixteen offensive linemen. Oh, okay. Scholarship offensive linemen. So that's exactly. There's not a seventeenth, is what you're saying. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, Armando Salguero about to join us. The NFL is under investigation coast to coast now based on the attorney generals and what we're seeing with uh, New York and California, the very latest and what Armando has been able to dig up. That's next on Hot Mike. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Coming up in an hour, Riley Gaines will join us in studio, SEC champion swimmer, national champion, and 
Since she has uh, left swimming, she's been championing women's rights when in, in regards to athletics and women competing against women. Specifically, she's <laughs> competed against Leah Thomas and has... So, quote, women competing against women. Right. And <laughs> has been, uh, since she was last in studio with us, assaulted at San Francisco State University. Uh, she will be in studio coming up in an hour. Clay Travis also at the top of the next hour. Right now on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow with special guest host Charlie Arnold from Outkick. We say hello to Outkick.com's Armando Salguero. Armando, always great, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're great. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so uh, the, the story... In the and I do use the word guys loosely, obviously. I, know, I, the, I am oh, offended. Are you tying that Excuse in? me. I, where's the HR department here? <laughs> Can't believe this. Matt's right over on here. On my first day on the show. Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Armando, the, the story, uh, the headline in the NFL today is, is with New York and California and uh, the allegations of hostile work environment with the National Football League. What's what's the latest there? So the district's attorneys in California and New York have decided that the NFL, which is a $148 billion entity that made approximately $20 billion last year, they're in trouble because their offices in those states may have engaged in workplace discrimination and harassment. And, you know, they're looking at the congressional hearing that happened um, last year, I guess, and part of this year with the Washington commanders. And they're looking at, you know, the commanders as a terrible, terrible example of how to run a franchise and deciding that if the NFL, which didn't do a whole lot to stop the commanders, from doing their skullduggery. Um, they're wondering if the NFL is part of that problem. So there we go. We're going to have district's attorneys investigating a sports league, which is, I don't know. Uh, personally, if you want my opinion, and I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> of course you know, we do. <laughs> I, I love the fact that the New York State's district attorney isn't investigating the Jeffrey Epstein death. Uh, the California district's attorney isn't in bet or AG isn't investigating the homeless crisis in California, where they have 175,000 homeless people. They're spending $10 billion a year to try to get it right. And yet it's tripled in the last two years. So I don't know. Uh, Priorities. The NFL. That's it. So, Armando, what does it tell you that it's New York and California bringing forth these allegations and not any of the other offices throughout the country? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't expect, you know, Texas or Florida (laughs) or here Tennessee to be doing this because there are, as I, I think I just outlined um, there are other issues that these states' attorneys generals probably should be taking care of and probably should be looking at. And and, and let me be clear. Workplace uh, harassment, discrimination, very bad, terrible. Um, If it's happening 
at a team, like if it's happening locally, I think that that is a local problem and a no local issue for the local people. Um, and yet what is funny is that none of the teams are part of this investigation. Uh, no specific people are part of this investigation and in that no players, coaches, staff, personnel department people, none of that is part of the investigation. And so it's, it's a little, it's a little curious. Armando Salguero with us on hot mic with Hutton and Withrow and Charlie Arnold in today. So, um, there are no examples of what is being alleged other than just hostile work environment from the national football league office. There's no specific person or allegation that they're pointing to. Well, their jumping off point is a New York Times uh, investigation from a couple of years ago, or last year rather, that started a couple of years ago, where 30 different NFL or former NFL employees alleged, you know, discrimination and harassment of different sorts. And what was the NFL's response today? <laughs> we have a lot of lawyers. Bring it. No, uh, seriously, their response is that they would cooperate fully, that they are not about workplace discrimination and harassment. I asked the NFL for its response. And normally, let me take you behind the sausage making process here. Normally, when you ask for this, you get a one or two line statement at best. Uh, I can share with you that the NFL's response, let me uh, let me pull it up real quick, and it should tell you how seriously the NFL is taking this. One, two, three, four, five, six, six paragraphs, very big paragraphs in response, and a letter uh, that it that the, the league sent to the AGs. So very serious, and they're not going to just sit there and take it. Well, and, and finally on this, Armando. So in, in the past, I know you've written about this at Outkick. They, the NFL has, they have sided and, and decided to go down the path of woke issues instead of focusing on what the fans actually care about or actually don't care about in many ways. Do you think this speeds up any other wokeness with the league from the offices in New York and California as a response to show that none of this is going on? Well, look, I'm not sure that discrimination in the workplace is a quote-unquote woke issue. Right, but hostile work environment can mean so many different things. It could be me trash-talking yeah. someone. But, I mean, I am about as not woke as you can get. And if my wife or sister or girlfriend or female friend was working in an office, I don't want her getting, sure. you know, uh, harassed or anything like that. Having said that, um, the NFL and its offices are filled with woke people. And so this is kind of like, the woke coming after the woke. And in that regard, okay, well, they're on their own. Now, what you said about the NFL's fans, mm -hmm. yeah, I would say half of them are not woke. 
and don't care about stuff other than their sports being their sports, right? Rather than their sports being a litigation story or an investigation story by an attorney's general. So in that regard, no, the NFL is not woke. But in those offices, there's, there's a good amount of woke people in there. What did you make of the details that came out today with Lamar Jackson, who spoke with the media earlier, and then they, they formally filed his contract with the league, which details are out. $135 million is fully guaranteed at the signing. He's going to get, make $80 million this year. $72.5 million were, was a signing bonus that's already in his account currently. And he's making one hundred fifty-six over the first three years of this contract. Just on, on surface level, I know what we wanted to see was him live up to what he was demanding. That did not happen. But for all of, at least for me, for all of the talk about, oh, he needs an agent, this dude just got the same contract and got better than Jalen Hurts with Lynn, who is being heralded as some great agent, and Lamar Jackson is getting uh, considerably more in the fully guaranteed, 135 to 110. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, Nicole Lynn is being heralded as a great agent, and I would say she deserves it. Because if I had to pick uh, Jonathan, I would take Lamar Jackson over Jalen Hurts every day of the week and twice on Sunday when they actually play. Um, and I know that that's not a popular opinion uh, now. That I agree Jalen with you. Hurts was a okay. So there you go. Um, so Lamar Jackson got a better contract than Nicole Lynn did for Jalen Hurts. He should have. <laughs> it's as simple as. in that his initial request of having a fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson did not come to pass. Deshaun Watson gets $230 million fully guaranteed in what was the Cleveland Browns losing their minds, <laughs> but Deshaun Watson gets $135 million fully guaranteed at signing. It could go up to $185 million fully guaranteed after the, second year good job the thing that i most enjoyed about that whole press conference was lamar jackson talking about his mom yeah and god and thanking god and talking about throwing for six thousand yards with all the talent that's supposedly around him this is a dude that hasn't ever thrown for four thousand yards so dream big lamar jackson now's the time yeah and he didn't have to pay his agent no commission there. <laughs> but did his mom negotiate the, did, is that right? His mom was the, like, in-between, the go-between? Actually, Lamar Jackson and Eric DaCosta, the general manager for the Ravens, are the people that led that negotiation. Um, and his mom was a, quote-unquote, manager. Okay. So she advised him. But the point about his mom is, this is a, a woman who, uh, I would say to you, when I lived in South Florida, they lived, what, six miles from me um, on the wrong side of the tracks, by the way, so to speak. Brought up four children, Lamar Jackson, the eldest, and she worked morning, noon and night, never was on welfare, never was on any sort of government anything. Uh, never allowed Lamar Jackson to work 
She told him, concentrate on football and I'll handle the rest. And guess what? Cha-ching. Good for them. They are the American dream personified. It's like single mom. Okay. Look where she is now. Yeah. Single moms. I mean, they're some of the strongest people out there. Uh, all the respect to every single mother out there. Uh, I can't say that I know too much about Baker Mayfield's mother, but <laughs> you know, she didn't do such a bad job herself. Uh, right. Baker Mayfield, now the starting guy uh, in Tampa Bay. And we heard Bruce Arians say earlier this week that he would have picked Baker Mayfield out of the whole crop of young quarterbacks that were drafted in the first few selections in this year's draft. Uh, so Armando, what do you think about that? Do you think that was a uh, on behalf of Bruce Aarons to say that that he's their guy and, and he actually stands behind him over the quarterbacks that were taken. Do you, do you believe that's true also? Well, yeah, that's a dog bites man situation where <laughs> Bruce Aarons put in a situation to defend the quarterback that's on his team or the team that he's getting paid by and chooses to do that over guys that his team had no chance of getting anyway. I wonder if I'm buying all of that from A to Z. No, I don't think I am. I think that if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a chance to draft uh, Bryce Young, they would have done it ahead of Baker Mayfield. No two ways about that. I like Baker Mayfield. I know that in talking to Todd Bowles, he liked Baker Mayfield going back to the 2018 draft when Baker Mayfield was number one, excuse me, number one overall. But if you, if you put me on, you know, the spot and ask me, would I prefer to have Bryce Young or Baker Mayfield at this stage? I don't care what Bruce Arians grades are. I would say 90% of the NFL would go with Bryce Young. Armando, uh, Micah Parsons is already really, really good. Why, why put on the, the pounds that he has? He's gained a lot of weight this offseason. He's switching the full-time, quote-unquote, position that they're using him at. Um, what's the reasoning behind it, and how big of a gamble is this for Parsons? Right. So, first of all, let me just say that that's Micah Parsons saying that, that he's going to be a full-time defensive end. Dan Quinn, who actually has say, has not totally confirmed that yet. So... Let's be careful because sometimes, as we all know, guys get ahead of themselves uh, with, you know, full time and forever and always. So there's that. As far as Micah Parsons is concerned, look, he's a great pass rusher as it is. At two, he was a great pass rusher at 246 pounds. Now he's going to be 258 or wants to be. Um, he played, I think, a thousand snaps or so last year, 800 of them as a defensive end. So he was basically a defensive end last year. Yeah. Um, so look, if he wants to put on 11 pounds of muscle, God bless him. Now, if he does it the Armando Salguero style, where he goes to Burger King every other day, load up. And then the days he doesn't go, he goes to Chick fil A. And then the days in the evenings, he goes to Denny's. Then you got a problem, but I don't think Micah Parsons is doing that. Yeah, I think he's probably eating a little, a hey, little better than those, <laughs> those true, options. True story, though, guy. Like, and Armando, I'm sure you've seen this too. Uh, guy, like in in the UFC, just trying to put on weight. I don't know if when guys try to move up weight classes, what it's like for them. It's much more regimented. But uh, Keith Bullock is a great example, Armando. 
He would load up on fast food for a straight month before training camp because he knew he was going to drop so much weight in camp and he had to maintain a weight by week one. He would do nothing but eat unhealthy on purpose. Um, and, I mean, a lot, a lot of the linemen are doing that too, how quickly they're dropping weight as soon as their careers are over. Oh, no, yeah. These offensive linemen during training camps, they lose about 10 to 12 pounds per practice. Yeah. And it used to be that they practice twice a day. Now they only practice <laughs> once a day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you're talking a lot of weight. I remember asking a Dolphins offensive lineman one time, so what did you do to bulk up? Yeah, I ate hamburgers <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, okay. Well, I did Me hear too. Me too. I mean, you did hear the big news that McDonald's is reformulating their double cheeseburger and their Big Mac. So now I guess there's more of an incentive, right? Little bit of a, a step up from what it used to be. Reformulate like in a good way. Yeah, there's going to be like. Or is this like changing their fries? No, they, they said uh, because they're the, some of the best selling menu items. They're going to make the buns softer. They're going to make the the char grill marks better. They're going to make the the, the big sauce smaller. more enhanced. It'll be smaller. <laughs> Everything's it's like getting smaller. Chicken strips now everywhere. Half yeah, not size. buying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Big Macs, God bless them, and Whoppers, God bless them, and all that. But I think we all know <laughs> where that stuff is is done. And and I talked about making of the sausage earlier. Yes. Uh, if I, I don't know, I've seen some of those videos on how those things are made. Ugh. Oh, yeah, boy. I can only imagine what the blood work looks like of these linemen that we're talking about just stuffing their faces full of nothing but fast food for an entire month. God bless them. Yeah, and it, it is amazing how quickly they drop it. They drop oh, the yeah. weight. It's career's over. They they look like a, I mean, they look like a power a forward person. in the, in the yeah. NBA instead of a left tackle in the NFL. Armando, thank you as always, man. Uh, great visit, and we'll chat soon. Thank you, ladies and germ. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, correct on that. And looking forward to his uh, hourly coverage on the NFL schedule release next week, Charlie. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to that too. Uh, coming up, let's dive into uh, the Saudis, who we know about the Live Tour. They are after another goat in the sports realm. And the question is, is he going to take the bag or stay where he is? That's next on Hot Mike. Clay Travis will be in studio with us coming up in 10 minutes on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. If you're watching on YouTube, we hope you subscribe to the channel. And soon you'll be able to see co-host today, Charlie Arnold's show in the mornings. Can't wait. At least you teased that, right? You did say you thought it would be. You just gave it away. That's I no, you did. No, you said, no, uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, before football 4 season. 4 a.m. Start time, right? 4 a.m., please. Yeah, right. Uh, 7 a.m. <laughs> okay. uh, for those That's East Coasters. Better. I guess here it would be 6 a.m. I could not do, uh, I couldn't do mornings, like morning TV, where they're getting up at 1.30 to prep for a 4 a.m. show. You know, for, I've done that. My job in Kansas City, I know we touched on my living there earlier on in the show, but I was a breaking news reporter on the morning show. I was live on the air starting at 4.30 what time did you every get up? morning. Uh, I'd usually, I think I'd usually wake up about, I'd be at work by 2, so I'd wake up about 1. Wait, 2.30. Yeah, some, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was, it was pretty devastating. I mean, that's... I had a... What uh, time did you go to bed? 
Well, that was when I was several years younger, so I was able to, you know, operate on I, much less sleep, and I would do the split sleep schedule. And uh, but I would say there was a few times here and there where I would, you know, go out to dinner, and next thing you know, I'd see the clock roll around. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's eleven. I should probably go home and get an hour's worth of sleep, so I can get up and uh, speak full sentences tomorrow. I mean, my grandfather. Uh, he went to bed when the sun was going down, regardless of the time of year. So really? di like, different time. Like he would be in bed by like four o'clock, like not dark at yeah. dusk. But that's, they, he went to but bed. that's, that's actually, I mean, he probably, did oh, he, he live a really long life? Yes. Cause but that's, it, yeah, he grew up. I mean, that's what you did. Cause you well, woke up how, when the sun came Before when, up, you know, right? back in the day of all the cavemen and such, they didn't yeah. have watches. So they would, that was how they would live their lives. They would go to bed as the sun was going down and. Get That's, up as it was coming up, and that was how they were all so strong and fit, and you know, much long. Yeah. I also, I also <laughs> think that that you had to live the caveman life. That's what I'm alluding to there. Yes, uh, I'm. I'm actually looking forward to going back into the cave woman lifestyle. Less people okay. I have to deal with, less aggravation. Less Swifties in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be great. So uh, it's going to be great no matter what for little Messi. He oh, made 130 yeah. million dollars last year alone. He's number two on the top paid athletes list at Forbes, second only to uh, uh, Ronaldo, who made 90. He topped the 90 million dollar mark, and only a handful of athletes, three athletes in the history of Forbes, have beaten that figure in a year: Federer, Woods, and Conor McGregor, mm -hmm. who in a year made 158 million. But what they're counting is Ronaldo is now playing over in Saudi mm -hmm. through 2025, and he's got $205 million to play there. And such reports money. are that they're offering Messi, the Saudis are offering Messi $400 million to join him. And a contract that would expire the same year as Ronaldo. And then the rumor would be they would join MLS in the States and, you know, prop up the league that way too. Wow. I I, love, I remember when Ronaldo went, they did the breakdown of how much he was making per minute, yeah. and it was something ungodly. So I can only imagine the number that Messi would be making if we did that minute-by-minute minute breakdown. I, uh, you know, just to take a bite of cereal, you're getting paid. That's sweet. Anything. Lots of money. I, I, My yearly salary, you get paid in one bite of cereal. <laughs> I could not. You make that much? Damn. I, I, could not, um, I could not turn down that money from no. them. And I Tiger Woods turned down $700 million to go to live. Yeah. Now, he's worth $1.1 And he's got the brand, and he has the PGA and all of the other things behind him. But, I mean, Brooks Kepka with $100 million and every I don't blame those dudes for taking the money. I don't blame him either. And when you look at all of the other instances of, you know, sporting leagues being in bed with different countries and you know there's different yep. human rights issues on the line and there's no one that exists anymore that you can say you look at them and say everything you're doing is kosher and all good I mean everyone in in, in, in a little way um probably is something they're not so proud of that they're involved with well, so artists I, all the time go and play private shows over there yeah you yeah know? And exactly we don't talk about that the way we talk about the athletes that take the money and do that absolutely I mean even I'm wearing a pair of Nike shoes right now. You right. know, so it's you know, no I don't think there's anybody in the world who can say, "Oh, I'm I'm someone I stand for all good all the time." So, yeah, if I'm messy, especially when you know that things are going to end with where you currently are, PSG, why not take yeah. the money? You know, support your family. Uh, 
and then wherever that takes, you know, whether it's them joining the MLS and then helping you, like you said, to prop that up, that could be a, a really cool experience to be at the forefront of that. The only thing for me with Liv when it first got going is they were like, we're doing this to grow the game. You know, that was BS. You did it to take the money. Um, and, and, and that's fine. And now we're actually seeing guys admit that. So I... Yeah, but I also... I mean, it is the money, but also I, I, I hate how the players are being put in a position where they're made to look bad. It's it, There's only one organization, yeah. you know, the PGA that exists where they can do their job. And they're very restricted at the time. And have the platform, right. So Phil Mickelson was being charged like a million dollars to show highlights, his own highlights during the match. Yeah, and, and there's such restrictions. And I think to have another option is great. And it's actually helped and benefited those on tour. Yeah. With bigger purses and more guaranteed payout. They, they actually have tournaments coming up where they will not have a cut. Mm-hmm. So you're guaranteed if you are in the tournament, you will leave with something. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, and you get that regardless at live, and you're only playing three rounds. Yeah, there and is it, no cut. it pushes, it then pushes the existing organization, the PGA, to innovate more. And to kind of readapt what they're doing because now they have someone else that they semi have to keep up with and keep in mind. Ronaldo 136, Messi one, oh, excuse me, 90. And then you've got a handful of other soccer players followed by LeBron James for the top paid athletes. Wow. LeBron at 119 million, soon to be at least co owner of the Vegas franchise in the NBA at some point. Clay Travis in studio with us next on Hot Mike.